Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Wait for Wait Food for Thought podcast. On today's episode, it's going to be a little bit interesting, a little bit controversial, and really talking about a topic that's touchy, which is racism. I really had a topic in mind for today. I wanted to talk about death and grief um, revolving around my dad, um, especially around spooky season and talking about death in a positive way. But um, a little incident happened today on Sunday on Instagram that I thought would be very important to to talk about and to shed light on. So a couple weeks ago, I was talking to my roommate about planning a Halloween party, and we decided that we wanted to be fortune tellers. I The, the only reason that popped up was because of the Pinterest um, just suggestion feed. So nothing like searching we're not searching for a specific costume. We saw some pictures and we said, oh, cool, this looks really fun. This looks like a great costume. It looks easy, looks affordable. I don't have to go buy clothes. Let's do it. And um, the night of the party, which was last night on Saturday, my boyfriend posted a photo and it was just of me and him. There was no caption. There was nothing. It was just me and him. I had full-blown makeup, glitter, one white contact, some jewelry on, and that was the whole context of the photo. The next morning, we wake up to that exact photo being posted on a, so this morning, on a um, Instagram page about how the costume was racist and go flag this account and all of these hashtags. And we were confused. Like, I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know what the issue was. And I was, yeah, honestly, just confused. And my boyfriend doesn't really handle that kind of response very well. So he retaliated with just as much, I don't want to say hate because that initial post wasn't hate. It was just anger. Um, And he retaliated with just as much anger. And so now you have two people trying to prove a point to each other with anger. And for me, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have any say about what he responded to these people with. And I decided to apologize. You know, I'm apologizing for my costume. Um, We got called out for being... um, for, for looking like a gypsy. And then I responded saying I was a fortune teller. And then I got called out for, you know, that's one in the same. And then I was just confused. And I started apologizing. And all of these apologies weren't taken very well. They were taken very, um, I got DMs saying your apology is fake. Um, I have never received, in the, in the few years that I've had my Wait for Wait account, I have never received any hateful messages, which I'm very grateful for. And for the first time, I received messages saying, you're a stupid, white, racist bitch. Um, all of these just awful things about something that I really, really don't understand or know about. And that's my own ignorance. And that's my own, you know, I, I apologize for that. And that's something that I want to learn about. So I ended up reaching out to somebody who um, I have her on the line right now. Her name is Tracy. And she, I asked her to talk about this topic from from her perspective, from why this conversation is so controversial and so hurtful for a lot of people um, in that in that specific community. And I also don't know the proper verbiage, the terminology to say that's not offensive. So I'm going to learn a lot of information as well. But I thought this would be an awesome experience to openly talk about something that is touchy, that is hard to discuss, and that brings about a lot of anger from people. And I think the only way to combat anger is with love. And when somebody comes at you frustrated or angry, you combat that anger and frustration with love and understanding and and just being apologetic and empathetic towards somebody else's feelings. Um, On the same coin, before I get Tracy to talk about everything from her perspective, I think if somebody's apologizing for something that they genuinely did not understand or did not know what they did wrong, it's not okay to come at people with such hateful, spiteful words. I received at least 10 to 15 DMs with just hateful comments today. And no matter what I said, no matter what apology I said, it wasn't enough, and it was just fought with more animosity. And that's not the way to teach somebody about a difficult, touchy, sensitive, and personal subject. So that's what I really want to dive into today. So I'll I'll shut up, and I'll have Tracy kind of give in some some information from her background. I also have never met her. This is my first time talking to her, so this is even more exciting for me to get to know somebody and learn. That's At the end of the day, that's what we're here for, is to learn and grow with each other from each other. So Tracy, take it away. 
Hi, how are you? I'm good, good, I'm so good. happy to be here. And yes. I want to preface this by saying I do appreciate you reaching out the way that you did to me mm-hmm. in a private email. That's why my email is there, mm-hmm. right, um, instead of a DM. Mm-hmm. You reached out thoughtfully in an email a couple times, and I want to say thank you because that's the proper way to do it, For sure. right? Yeah. Um, because sometimes what happens is when we slip into people's DMs, it can get that emotional stance. I'm an embodiment um, doula, so I pay attention to how people react inside of their bodies. Ooh, and and so we can embody, and it's very quick, right? Mm-hmm. We can pick up that phone, and we can start typing away with our thumbs or our fingers or whatever you use, mm-hmm. and... The next, or if you're using Siri or whatever, um, and that's sort of embodying the anger versus taking the time out to thoughtfully type out because that does take time mm-hmm. um, an email. So thank you for that. I do appreciate your willingness to do that. Of course. Okay, so I want to give a little bit of the background of this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, is that yes, as a matter of fact, there was an account. It's a Romani account um, or Roma account that is on um, Instagram. They have about eighty followers, and um, they did see the photograph in the feed, posted mm-hmm. it, and posted about that they were already seeing people dressing up as the G word. We do not use that term fully. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you know. Um, I'm going to refer to you as Gaji. And the reason why I refer to you as Gaji, it is not a slur. It just simply means non-Romani okay. in our language. Okay. okay. So when I refer to you as that, I'm going to refer to you as Gaji. I am not going to refer to you as white or anything else. Just Gaji. Gaji okay. just means non-Romani. Awesome. So when Gaji use that term the g word it is very similar to the n word for african-american and black people Mm -hmm. so when you use that term you either need to use romani or if you're using it in a historical context right Mm -hmm. you want to put an asterisk um where the i is at so Yes, that is the respectful way to do it if you're using it that way. Otherwise, you say Romani. So this person did post and was talking about the fortune teller, tarot reader type um, stereotype. Mm -hmm. I want to give some background on that. So the fortune teller, tarot reader slash tarot reader stereotype is actually a stereotype that was given to the Romani people. So when you dress, and it was given to the Romani people by colonization, by people who either banished Romani people or were only interested in ethnic cleansing of Romani people and seeing Romani people as being inferior. So you've got sort of a double-edged sword here because that fortune teller, tarot reader type character or caricature, we'll Mm -hmm. call it a caricature, Mm -hmm. is also fetishized as well. We see it fetishized at Halloween time. We see it fetishized um, in the performing arts, Mm -hmm. such as film and television and art and things like that. So you've got a double-edged sword because not only was it a hateful stereotype, but it's also fetishized at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you can see how that would be so confusing and so hurtful Mm -hmm. for Romani people because, yes, indeed, part of what we did as people because we were nomadic was things like it's called divination. Mm -hmm. That's what fortune telling is actually called. The proper term is divination. Tarot reading, what we did was called cardomancy. That's what tarot reading is, cardomancy. And so we did those things. My ancestors did those things. My own mother did those things to earn a living. That is how we fed our families. We only did those things. It was also a spiritual practice, right, Mm -hmm. that we shared with Gaji and provided to Gaji. And that's how we made our living. But Here's what happens. It was seen as witchcraft by colonizers. It was seen as evil by Christianity. But in modern times, 
Gaji pick up those things such as divination, mm-hmm. cardamancy, which is now tarot reading, fortune telling, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. right? And are able to make a living off of it. However, there were still laws on the books as early as late as 1980 that placed burdens, stricter burdens on Romani who were opening divination or fortune telling or tarot or cardamancy businesses Mm -hmm. because they were stereotyped as thieves and scammers. Whereas if you have someone who's gaji, right, Mm -hmm. especially in the U.S., these are laws in the U.S., Obviously, I can tell you in a little bit about what happens in the UK, but Mm -hmm. in the US, these are laws in the US that exist. And as recently as just a couple years ago, there was actually a a statement made in New Jersey, and I live in New York, Mm -hmm. so made in New Jersey that were anti-Romani, that were still once again stereotyping Romani businesses as thieves and scammers. Also, in the US... Police departments, even police departments like the NYPD, refer to police officers who have questionable records and who travel and go from department to department or, you know, town to town or whatever to different police departments as G word Mm -hmm. cops. So here we have Romani being associated with police brutality. Uh, also on Broadway, and I was just told this like a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. by an actress, by an actor who's on Broadway, said that on Broadway, actors and actresses, actors who jump from production to production because they might also have questionable records or, you know, whatever, they might be hopping, are also called G-word actors. Interesting. Yes. So therefore, you look at the association and that underlying stereotype that is so hurtful now i'm going to tell you the origin of that term so now we know why that stereotype Mm -hmm. that fortune teller stereotype is so hurtful Mm -hmm. the fetization of it but then also the criminalization of it totally yeah so then on top of that let's look at where the g term came from the g term came from the misrepresentation of Romani. It was once believed that the Romani came from Egypt. So they were called that term. That term in many translations actually means untouchable and slave. Oh. Because we were the lower caste system, we were in those caste systems, we are Indo-Aryan, which means we originated from India, from the Punjab region. So South Asia, right? Um, And if you look at our DNA, you will see that reflected in our DNA. That's Mm -hmm. how you know you're Romani. Um, And so we were, though, we were part of, you know, India has the caste system, right? We were the lower part of that caste system. And over in India, even in modern times, we are called Doma, not Roma. And the only thing that Romani means is it actually means man, in our language so romani actually means someone who is of romani descent that's literally all it means got it (laughs) um it has no association with romania at all okay okay or roman people none none whatsoever and that's kind of a misconception right there something that i learned today (laughs) yes so What happens and what has happened over in the UK, it's worse over in the UK. I will tell you right now, Romani people are consistently, just recently in Hungary, laws were passed, um, and also they're restricting the number of Romani children who can attend school with Gaji children, Um, things like that. Homes are being torn down. That is what happened to my own family. They were persecuted and they were banished from country to country until they came to the U.S. So there's an ethnic cleansing that goes on. Yeah. That that G term also is used was used during the Holocaust, right? Mm-hmm. So the Romani were rounded up in these vans and were taken to the Jewish neighborhoods and were placed in the Jewish neighborhoods. And then they were rounded up again and they were oftentimes gassed inside of those vans. So 
trigger warning on that yeah. <laughs> on this next part trigger warning so what happened is there was actually about 500,000 Romani who were actually killed during the Holocaust two of them were actually my relatives they're on the rolls you can actually go look it up on ancestry.com they have all of the both the Jewish and the Romani roll call you know roll mm-hmm. list of who was killed during that time and where they came from mm-hmm. that term that G term the Nazis believed because of our divination, because of our spiritual practices such as cartomancy and herbalism and all of these things that we did, right? Mm -hmm. We believed, they believed we were evil. So we were rounded up with with Jewish people and we were enslaved in the camps and forced to do things like bury bodies. You know, that type of thing of the Jewish people and then eventually killed ourselves in those camps because of that perception that because of the way we dressed and because of our spiritual practices and because of the stereotypes, we were actually labeled with the letter Z, which is um, hopefully I'm going to pronounce this right is Ziegener, Mm -hmm. which is German for the G word, which the translation is once again, slave and untouchable. Interesting. That is why, as I'm sure you can understand, no, totally. <laughs> Romani people feel so strongly. Like, it is literally, the best way that I can explain this is, I was exposed to this at a very young age. My, my birth mother told me right away how much she hated this term and explained to me why. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but some people aren't, and especially in the U.S., Mm-hmm. But more and more Romani live in the U.S. And now, because of the recent civil rights movement, we feel an empowerment to be able to be on the front lines and mm-hmm. to be able to put our experiences out there. But at the same time, many people in the U.S. are not aware of the history in the U.K. Yeah. They're not aware of what really has happened, what's really going on. And it's so insidious. We both know Yeah, racism is this sort of insidious parasitic thing awful that digs its heels in Mm -hmm. that is part of colonization and it takes really digging in and and digging deep to get rid of that you know to decolonize or desettle yourself if you're you're a settler yeah for sure so that pain is so real and while i do not and i'm gonna make this statement i do not condone Mm -hmm. And will not be complicit in anyone sending you mm-hmm. hateful messages. That is not the point. Yeah. That should never be the point. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also want to recognize the validity of the emotions yes. and the embodiment behind those messages. Yes. Yeah. And that's where we all have to sort of come together and decide intent versus impact right yeah for sure the intent may be i need to get my emotions out i am trying i am unknowingly transferring my pain onto someone else but the impact might be that you're hurt too now right so i don't condone that i want to make that statement now and make that known i do not condone it i myself made a post too my mm-hmm. post, however, was a little bit different. Yeah, no, it was very respectful. Very different. I did contact your boyfriend, mm-hmm. his response back. Everybody can read it. I don't think we need to hash that over yeah. in this podcast <laughs> at all. Nope. You know? Um, yeah. Sometimes, you know what? We can't control our partners, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're individuals. They're mm-hmm. individual people. Mm-hmm. We and You and I have talked about the fact about sitting down and the two of you having those deep conversations, mm-hmm. which is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we're supposed to do. I've been in your position before. I've had internalized colonization where there have been things that I've said way back in my past mm-hmm. that were quite offensive. And it's a long journey. It's taken me 20 years yeah. to come to this point. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine somebody being able to do this overnight. Yeah. No, right? for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we don't always have also the same instincts when someone calls us out or exactly. calls us in either. 
we're not going to because we are individualized people there's contextualizations to it there's nuances to it there's complexities to yeah. it and i want that to be recognized totally. at the same time i also in my nature <laughs> want to also defend my romani of course um brothers and sisters in that we don't want to be seen as the angry people of color right yeah it is anger it's definitely anger Mm -hmm. it is a righteous anger it is a rage um that comes from a place of love for our people yeah right Mm -hmm. and i think that you and i by having this conversation and being willing to have this conversation and putting that out there. And people can consume it whatever they want to consume it. They're sure. going to have opinions no yeah. matter what. <laughs> I'm not concerned about other people's opinions. Yeah. I'm concerned about the conversation that we have. Yes, yes. And that we learn how to have these conversations. Yes. Because this is how we heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I educate somebody, as well. And educate. Yeah. And I had somebody tell me today that I was being harsh. I want to point out. It is not fair. You may feel that someone is being harsh, Mm -hmm. but it is not fair. For example, there was a conversation on Instagram on another person's post that I was being harsh to someone because they were indeed kept going on and on and on and on about fetishizing and trying to prove their point. And honestly, they were just kind of talking in circles. And, And for me... I was getting exhausted from it. Mm-hmm. I was like getting emotionally exhausted from it, as I'm sure you yeah. <laughs> are probably a little bit emotionally exhausted from the hateful comments as well, the hateful messages to you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, you know what? That was my ignorant mistake. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yeah. But we all get exhausted from it. So I was getting exhausted. And one of the statements that I made, it is really, if you are someone who does not have that lived experience, right? Mm-hmm. You have no place, and that's a really, really tough thing to pull in and to rein in. You do not have the right or the place to tell someone who does have that lived experience that they are being harsh. 100%. Yeah. That is tone policing. Mm -hmm. We have to learn how to sort of girder ourselves Mm -hmm. for those events because they're going to happen, right? Yeah. And we can go into our own spaces and be held up and loved and gird ourselves and then come back and have these conversations. Yeah. Um, My teacher, Colin Perry, once said, if you don't transform it, you will transfer it. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. And what I think is I, like I messaged you, I'm Middle Eastern, like 100% Middle Eastern, and I don't look it. Like I look like a normal white person. No one really guesses that I'm Middle Eastern. And my mom, when she moved to America, she got hit with a lot of racist comments and she moved Mm. to Florida and she had an accent. She was 18 and she was hit with, with racism and I you know, I, I wasn't ever like I, it never really, I never had a problem with it. Um, my parents taught me to love all cultures and all people. And that's just how I grew up. Like I didn't see, I appreciated cultures and I appreciated differences and that's just how I grew up. It was just pure acceptance. And for me, not having that experience, my own experience of seeing and experiencing racism every single day, I have been, I'd be an idiot and blind and ignorant to say that I have not been privileged in that sense. So from y'all's perspective, I can see if you just see another person and another person and another po- person posting these these fortune teller costumes over and over and over and over again and trying to educate and trying to educate and getting to a point where you're just like, it's not my responsibility to teach you. It's your responsibility to educate yourself because now you're hurting people and you're appropriating cultures and you're not... You're not aware of the history. I understand both perspectives. And I also know from the other side of the coin is you don't know what you don't know. And growing up, I was never told, like like you said, in theater, in, in movies, there's fortune teller after fortune teller and these, um, you know, I can see your future and all of this stuff. It's in Hollywood. And growing up, I was never told that this is one in the same thing, the G word and the fortune tellers. I never was told that 
they're one and the same, that there's this history. It was just this character for me and, and my friends. And I'm, I have a lot of friends that if I say something that I'm just unaware about, they'll call me out like, hey, this is actually this culture. Oh, okay, cool. But none of my friends actually knew any of this information. And so I didn't know what I didn't know. So in posting and, and being so caught off guard by what was going on and, and not really understanding the caliber of what I did, especially because, um, and it just kept spiraling, especially because one, I didn't say the G word or he, he didn't, my boyfriend didn't say the G word in the post. Uh, and then I try to defend it by saying, oh, no, 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 it's not that. It's a, it's a fortune teller. And then getting the response, well, uh, hello, are you dumb? It's the same thing. I'm like, okay, well, sorry. Um, my friend's Romanian and she was over and we were both dressing up like that. And then getting the response, Romanian's not Romani. Um, and then I'm just like, okay, I, I'm digging myself into a hole. I don't know. I do need to educate myself. And I am trying to apologize. And every single apology that I gave to everybody except for you was not taken well, was taken awfully. And that's where my frustration comes into play. And I appreciate that you're understanding that is I know that I'm going to make a mistake in the future with, with something else, 100%. And we'd all be ignorant to think that we wouldn't make mistakes again in the future. And that's how we learn and that's how we grow by somebody saying, hey, this is not okay and this is why. And and having a conversation where it can be, it can be, you can just educate. And for me, I sensed the anger. Obviously, I got messages after messages, just anger. And I chose to not combat that anger with anger. I just apologized and apologized and apologized. And when that apology was combated with more hate, I apologized. It's like, I see your pain. I understand that this is a touchy subject and I don't know what else to say besides I'm sorry. I took down my photos and then the conversation shifted to where, well, your boyfriend said this. I don't condone what my boyfriend said. And like you said, you know, we're two separate people and we both handle confrontation extremely differently. Like I was driving, I had to pull over because I was super overwhelmed. I was just messages after message, like I said, and I've never experienced that in my entire life. And that was overwhelming for me. And his response is just, well, what the hell? I didn't do anything. I don't understand what I did wrong. And I'm being attacked with no explanation. Screw you guys. And I don't think that's a fair, you know, response either. But I do understand. I do understand completely both sides. And I think what I really wanted to extract out of this conversation is, is allowing and enabling open conversations and the way to go about situations for people that just don't understand is to just, Hey, you know what? This is not right. This is wrong. And you should know this. And here's why, or here's a link or, and and I get it. I get it's not other people's jobs to educate, but when people just don't understand, that's the best way to do so respectfully and with love. And again, like I said, you're going, going back and forth. It's just running in circles. Like I see the anger and then I see the other side. So it's, it's a tough, it's a tough topic to digest and dissect at the same time. And I think that's why this is so important is we're getting two completely different perspectives. And when I, when I told somebody, this is what I was just kind of upset about. I told somebody, um, not white. Cause the comment was, like I said, stupid white racist bitch. And I said, Hey, I'm not white. Like a middle Eastern, like a hundred percent middle Eastern, and she responded with, hey, white woman. And then just kept going on. And I was like, okay, like, I, I'm not white, but okay, I, I, I get it. I get the pain. And I, I just stopped there. And then somebody came at me, said some rude things, and then blocked me. So it's like, okay, well, now I, I don't have a conversation. There's no outlet for me to learn from this person either. You were literally the only person willing to actually have a, a decent conversation and show me that, hey, I'm in the wrong and here's why. And I will fully take it, you know, I didn't know. And I take full responsibility like that was kind of part of my French shitty of me. And especially to see something like, you know, if this is your people and your culture and I have, I'm sitting here like a dumbass with like a white contact and looking all spooky and really just skewing a whole group of people that I didn't realize I was doing. And that I understand is extremely offensive. And for, if anybody's listening to this that did message me, I am sorry. I'm deeply, deeply sorry and now I know the history and now I will tell my friends and now I will spread the word of, hey, you should not be a fortune teller for Halloween because that's, that's not, that's, a, that's a group of people. And my sister's response was, but there's fortune tellers everywhere. Like we're just fortune tellers. And I said, 
I know, I don't get it either, but I'm going to have a conversation and I'll learn. And now it's learned. And that's the beauty of education is you learn, you grow, you understand, and you spread awareness. And I think that's what I really, really wanted to get from this episode and having this conversation with you. And I I agree with so many of your points, but I'm also going to extract some of let's, your points. Yeah, let's okay? do it. Okay. So let's begin. I'm going to walk this backwards. Okay. I like to walk things backwards. So okay. Let's begin with, with what your sister said with there's fortune tellers everywhere. Mm-hmm. As you understand now, yeah. that's part of the pervasiveness of the stereotype. Yeah, for right? sure. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what that is. So yeah. now we know that. Mm-hmm. Now we know that we have power and can be empowered to tell other people this isn't right. Yeah. There shouldn't be fortune tellers everywhere no. at all. Mm-hmm. This is a real thing, right? Yeah. Okay. And this is a stereotype and a caricature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that we've walked that backwards. Okay. So now I'm going to walk backwards through. You are Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. right? And this is the thing too. I, I think that we need to just address the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. right? One of the elephants that's always in the room for me. You and I both are white passing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're both white passing. Sure. I mean, let's just put it out there, right? Yep. I, I, my skin tone changes throughout the year depending on a bunch of different factors, and part of that is my indigenous roots as well. For sure. So, people make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, that is why I stated in my post, um, I do not question someone's self identification. Mm-hmm. I never need proof. Yeah. Ever. Right. Yeah. That's what you identify as. If that's who you are, that's who you are. 100%, I will believe you no matter what. Mm-hmm. So we can't, we can't say those things. We can't, we can't make those assumptions, mm-hmm. right? It's why I always ask people when I do see an account that uses the G term, the first thing I do is I ask, are you Romani? And I will actually address them with Romani language to see if they will answer me back in Romani language. Yeah. And if they don't, and they say, no, I'm white, then we begin the education process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but also, one thing we have to understand as we're walking this back, the difference between me and probably a lot of the people in your DMs mm-hmm. is I've had 20-some-odd years to process this. Yeah. I have purposely educated myself over and over, and this is actually what I work in. Mm-hmm. So this is part of my job. Um, I actually work with uh, transracial trauma, generational trauma, ancestral healing, cultural healing, racial, you know, all Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And I work individually with people and in groups. So I have a bunch of not only lived experience, but education backing me, which doesn't make me better. Mm -hmm. It just makes me more nuanced, right? Yes. Um, And those who might have messaged you might also be people who might be in the UK. Their experiences might be maybe yesterday they had somebody call them the G term and punch them. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And they might still be playing off of that trauma response, which is just as valid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you and I are able to have a conversation doesn't necessarily mean that's always going to be the way that goes. There's this argument out there against Uh, calling in versus calling out and I really love when people choose for themselves what's the appropriate time because you don't know the other thing about calling in and calling out is it doesn't just depend on the person who's doing the calling it depends on the person who's doing the receiving right Mm -hmm. yeah whereas you and I I did the calling I did the calling in with your boyfriend and his response wasn't the best, um, which I immediately was like, okay, we're going to make this public. But I also thought about how I was going to make it public. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you responded and you were actually called out because I didn't contact you because I had, I did some research and then found you. I'll admit that. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to know who's behind this. How do I, I don't only know by what this picture is, what somebody else has said, yeah. his response to me, I wanted to know who you were because mm-hmm. you're the person in the costume. Yeah, question. me. Yeah. So then I did call out, but it was the way you responded. Mm-hmm. 
right? And you're going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know about you, but I would really, even if I'm called out, I would really rather somebody just call me out and say, hey, you made this mistake. And I have been called out. Mm-hmm. And there's times I've responded um, defensively, and I'm not proud of it. And there's times that I have it. Yeah. Because it's a learning experience and it's something that's going to just, it's, some people call it um, a marathon, not a race. I'm like, nope, it's not a marathon. It is a lifelong journey. Yeah. We will be doing this until we die. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. So I think that I, I'm also going to acknowledge right now the validity of your feelings in terms of having to pull over and feeling the way that you did. That's a lot of energy to receive from people yeah, and to be caught off guard. So I do want to acknowledge that as well, because here's the thing that can happen. You are a hundred percent middle Eastern. And despite being raised with proximity to privilege, we don't know if there might not be something that might have been passed down from your mom having experienced racism. Mm -hmm. And what if we're coming at you with all that energy and it brings up things for you, Yeah. right? And you have to go through that. So here we have two sets of people who are both going through this at the same time. And both sides are sad, angry, upset, defensive, every kind of emotion, the complexities of human emotions. And that's what's happening. So I think that having this conversation is going to help further with that. And some people may not agree with me, and I'm okay with that. There might even be some of my Romani family and my brothers and sisters in the Romani community who do not agree with me, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that, right? There might be people, people of color who do not agree with me. I'm okay with that because when we look at it, this is our conversation. Yeah. Right? This is how we choose you and I have chosen to journey through this. And I would much rather us exercise because that's sovereignty Mm -hmm. and that's liberation is us exercising our rights to journey through this together and do it in this way, no matter who agrees with us or not. Mm -hmm. So that that's kind of how I wanted to walk back through that. And I do want to acknowledge your feelings with receiving those messages because your feelings, despite the mistakes you made are just as valid. They might be valid on a different level and it's nuanced and it's complex, but they're still valid. Yeah, no, I think beautifully said. And I think a lot of the times when we're going through pain and I'm going through my own shift right now that's been very difficult for me and I'm not very I'm not an emotional person and I have just felt like I'm getting emotional right now and that's just not who I am I'm just very overwhelmed with a bunch of emotion that I don't know how to process and I think this this kind of came out of nowhere I mean it did I don't think it did come out of nowhere and it was just kind of the icing on the cake for me about just how I don't know how to process all this. And I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to be as apologetic and as as respectful as possible. And that didn't seem like enough. And then I think the biggest takeaway that I think I could advise everybody to do is everybody goes through pain. Everybody goes through hardships. Everybody has their own emotional experiences they go through in their life and in, in their lives. And that's what typically allows people, not allows people, makes people react the way that they react. That's that's the whole, our whole lives is we react on what we know, our experiences. And if we react with anger, it's because we've, we're angry and we've been oppressed or, or suppressed or whatever the case may be. And if we come out of a place with love, like, like you're coming at a place, you've had experience, you've had years to digest this information and approach the situation differently. Like I'm 25, I'm still learning a lot about the world and I don't same age as my daughter (laughs) oh like I'm I feel like there's just a lot I have no idea of and and when I learn things I appreciate them and I I don't want to make the same mistakes twice I don't want to be an awful person in the world and to feel like for the first time in my life today I felt like an awful person and I don't feel like that because I know In my heart, I'm not an awful person. I'm a good person, and I try to spread as much love and 
positivity as I can. I don't like to, like, I, I, I kind of compare this these kinds of people. It's like if there's a person on the road that flips you off for no reason and you flip them off back because you're just pissed off for no reason, even if it's your fault, okay, that's one kind of person. And if you get flipped off for doing something that was your fault, you're just like, oh, sorry, like, my bad. Or, you know, if, even if you, it wasn't your fault and you get flipped off, it's just, hey, I'm sorry. And that's the kind of person that I try to be is, I'm sorry, I'll take responsibility and I'll learn from my mistakes and I'll grow from them. And I, I have gone through pain. I have gone through trauma. I have gone through the death of my father. I lost a lot of my family members. Um, my boyfriend just got out of rehab. Like there's a lot of pain that I've gone through and everybody, oh, I hate crying. <laughs> everybody goes okay. through their their own pain. And I think really being cognizant of how you're approaching situations with people is is so important because you never know what somebody's going through on the other side. You never know how hurtful your words can be, even though that you've been hurt yourself. It's just, you know, a- approach hate with love. I think that's just the whole summary of it all is approach hate with love because you never do know. And just because you're going through pain and your own suppression and your own oppression doesn't mean that somebody else isn't either. And I think that's so important to also recognize when you're trying to atta- uh, attack a very sensitive, personal, and important issue. And I agree. There's a difference between attacking and accountability. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I definitely recognize my Romani community in their pain. Mm-hmm. The years and years and years of pain and suffering that is still going on, that is so prevalent, that is making its way to the U.S., that has been so prevalent in the U.K. I had a conversation the other night with a young woman who lives in the U.K. who's a coach, and she was talking about how her family still uses that term. They're so racist against the Rwani people. And, but we were able to have it in a safe space, right? Mm -hmm. That's important too, is creating those safe containers where we can, um, and social media isn't necessarily a safe container. It's not, we all know it's not. Social media is not a safe container for anybody. We know that. We use it. We need to use it. It's a part of our lives. Um, Obviously, you have a pretty prevalent account. I've just actually just looked. I've seen your account before, but I just looked at it. I mm-hmm. mean, you're, we both have growing followings and believe in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and social media is a part of that right now. Yeah. Um, but we also know social media has a very toxic side to it. For sure. That can produce pain. That can produce um, silos of information that can produce um, polarization, all of those things, right? Yeah. So sure. we have to think about that. Um, to my Romani community, I, I really, I think part of, I'm just going to be completely candid here. I think part of some of the anger is there was a transferring of they've heard apologies before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you hear someone apologizing again. And it sometimes becomes very difficult what happens when we are re-traumatized. This is, this is the science aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Our cognitive brain gets cut off. And our amygdala pops up and says, here are all the images and feelings and sensations and emotions associated with this trauma. Mm-hmm. But guess what? This person, because of what they said or what they did or this image of what they did, is associated as well. So it's sort of amygdala hijacking is what it's called. Yeah. And we become very, um, our, our nervous systems, right, become overloaded. And it's actually a survival mechanism. It's how we protect ourselves. We are essentially, human beings are mammals, we're animals. Yeah. That's how we protect ourselves. So you were protecting yourself, right? You have a way of surviving and protecting yourself. Yeah. Your boyfriend has a way of surviving and protecting himself, especially if he just came out of rehab. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> right? My brother was a substance abuser um, his whole life. Rehab three or four times. So I want to say sincerely from the heart that I wish him the very best on that route um i'm sober myself been through it so on the other side of it um we all have our ways of surviving and dealing with 
things. And it's all going to be very different. Once again, do not condone what was said or done to you. But just as you have also apologized and we've had this conversation that ultimately we will get to a place of love. Yeah. We will find a way there. Even if we have to travel through the hatred and the anger and the upset and the pain and the sadness, we will get to that place of love. Um, a recommendation that I have for everybody, including you, is to read this book. It's called Love and Rage by Lama Rod Owens. Okay. And this book talks about how um, he's he's an amazing person. You can find him on Instagram. Okay. Um, he's, um, it talks about how we can learn to harness our anger, right, mm -hmm. and use it, and it is a form of love. So I think that we all have to, we had to, whether we liked it or not, I'm not saying it's serendipitous, I'm not spiritually bypassing, I think this situation happened for a reason, and it's happening, Yeah. and... We are traveling through it the best that we possibly can and walking through it. And then we can set it aside and say, you know what? We learned this today. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, yeah. And I think I th I'm a huge believer that people come into your lives. I don't think anything is really a coincidence. And I do remember a couple weeks ago, uh, my boyfriend got a follower, uh, a random girl, and was like, oh, I don't know this person, but she just followed me. I was like, oh, cool. And that's the person that sent the photo to um, the main page that uh, that called us out this morning. And then from there, you know, it escalated, and then you and I get into communication. And my whole podcast today was going to be on grief and death. And and then as I was driving and feeling more more overwhelmed, and you suddenly said, like, hey, you should get – a Romani perspective on this and not just talk about it from your perspective. And yes, I'm down. Of course, like that sounds like an amazing idea. And I think these are the kinds of conversations that are important and that aren't really talked about. And people get uncomfortable talking about things that are just uncomfortable. And, you know, racist conversations don't really happen calmly. It's usually two parties coming at each other from a place of anger and yeah. and not really seeing each other's perspective and I think this was a beautiful conversation and I think things are meant to happen and you having you know your your family members go through substance abuse uh, and you yourself you know you're sober it's just a very strange connection how things just kind of intertwine and people right? enter yeah it's it's surprising <laughs> right? and it's awesome and I love it and I'm a death doula too so I saw that and I was like okay this is creepy like this is just, the timing <laughs> of this is bizarre but I think this is awesome and I feel like I'm I'm not a big crier like I actually hate crying I hate processing emotion I just talked about this on my um my last post actually that I decided to get a therapist for the first time in my life because I have such a hard time processing emotions and understanding emotions and then I just get extremely overwhelmed and can't really pinpoint what's the matter and so today in the car I think was also me just kind of okay calm down everything's fine and this was just the icing on the cake but it's all necessary for growth and this pain and this confusion and this new navigating through or new navigation through life is necessary for growth and for understanding and for change so I really appreciate you having this conversation with me and being so open and, you know, I, I deserve to be called out and I appreciate being called out and I hope that in the future I get called out for anything else that I, I make a mistake in and I hope to also call other people out for mistakes that I see in a very respectful way so that we can all eventually come to a place where we appreciate other people, we appreciate other cultures and other differences and love those differences rather than fear those differences. And I think that's, you know, a huge problem that this whole country right now is just this whole year of 2020 has just been fear, fear-based. And yeah, I really hope that we could just come to a place of understanding, love, compassion towards one another, towards each other, towards ourselves, and yeah, mainly understanding. I agree with you. Like, I think this is, this was a good conversation that needed to be had. Yeah. And, um, I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yes. Um, and, uh, we got beyond like 
just the Instagram posts, right? Yeah. Get into the meat of it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's just going to be trial and error for everybody. For sure. For sure. And also getting away from just insults, insults, block, insult, insult, block. It's just, hey, you know what? Let's talk it out. Let's hash it out. Give me give me your worst. Let me feel your pain. Let me di- Let me digest it and let me understand you. And I, I hear you and I see you and I feel you and I'm sorry. And that's what I have to say to everybody that sent me a message is I'm not upset. I obviously have no reason to be upset. Um, were they hurtful? Yes. Do I care about that? No. Did it hurt other people? Yes. Was it intentional? No. And I think that's that's a good summary of all of it. And I, I feel a little bit lighter having this conversation. I was, like I said, extremely overwhelmed about this all day. Um, and yeah, I thank you. I appreciate you. And yeah, any other final, final thoughts? Um, no, not really. Um, just like, I just also, you know, one thing we haven't mentioned is like where people can find us. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, you guys can find me. I'm actually a Thrive Life on Instagram. That's the easiest way to find me. I do have a website. It's athrivelife.org. My name is Tracy. Um, You can find me there, get all that information there. Um, I just want to really thank you and add in there, Sabrina. Mm -hmm. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm an intuitive person. That's what I do. And I can tell that this really is um, a learning process for you. And learning isn't easy, right? No. Like, we wouldn't have school for six to eight hours a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what I'm learning, too, is I'm learning more from being out of college and learning from life experiences and trial and error and anxiety and stress and careers and all of this shit that the world has to offer that I... I feel like I've never been more overwhelmed with change and learning lessons in my whole entire life. And that's the beauty of it. And that's where that pain and confusion turns into acceptance and love. And I'm enjoying the process and I'm enjoying learning and making mistakes. And I think that's that's important is don't beat yourself up for the mistakes that you make. Um, Go ahead and give Tracy a follow. She's awesome. I'm going to follow her. I don't think I do because if we were just emailing or I was emailing her. (laughs) Yeah, we were just emailing. (laughs) And um, with that, everybody, I hope you have a little bit more love in your hearts today. Um, Be more understanding if somebody comes at you with a place of anger or frustration or fear or pain. Um, You never really know what somebody's going through on the other side of that DM. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, afternoon, evening, and I look forward to talking to you all next week. Oh, 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 oh,